0: Welcome Welcome to to the the Cultivate Cultivate Network Network Podcast, where we're digging digging in on Christian living, leadership, and church planning. Here are your hosts, Jamie Couch and Anthony Waters. Well, my co-host is in Boston today, so I've brought on to the show a new co-host to sit in Anthony's seat. Uh, So Anthony, we miss you when you listen to this podcast, wish you were here, Uh, but I I think Heather is going to do a great job. Heather is my lovely wife and partner in in crime and all sorts of things that we have all sorts of adventures that we have a, a... journeyed into over the years. And so um, this past weekend, the timing is actually perfect because this last weekend, um, Heather spoke at a national ladies convention with the um, Church of God Mountain Assembly in Jellicoe, Tennessee. And Heather is an amazing speaker. She doesn't think so, at times, but she is an, a tremendous, tremendous speaker, and her message I was able to listen in uh, live on live stream um, as she spoke yesterday, and just just a tremendous job uh, where, where she shared um, a story, a test, a powerful testimony of our son's journey, and then also how God how God brought her through that and some things that she learned. And so today, I thought it'd be perfect timing to bring Heather on the podcast and just ask her questions and, and, and have her share uh, the backstory behind what, what put together this, this really great um, message that you shared with those ladies yesterday. So Heather, welcome to the show. Thank, thanks, thanks for being here.
1: Thanks, Jamie. Um, I'll start and go way back when I was first asked to speak at the ladies conference and um, I had I felt a real sense of heaviness and this was after and you may have shared some of Jackson's story on the podcast before Um, for those that have not heard that he went through a battle back in the summer for about a month where he had pneumonia Um, and just to keep it short he had a collapsed lung spent a week in the hospital after we had battled it for a month and that just weighed really heavy on my heart and so I during this heaviness sister Nicole had asked me to come and speak at the ladies day and I knew that I had this this heaviness upon my heart I knew that God had been dealing with me to of a testimony but then at the same time I still felt like that I didn't know how to get this heaviness off my heart um, and you know heard a wise minister once say that you should never preach on a problem if you don't have the answer. And so that's how I felt whenever I was preparing to speak at this lady's day. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I have a problem, but I don't know what this answer is. And so how can I get up and speak before these ladies? Um, but it was just a sense of heaviness that I felt on my spirit and I knew all the right steps to take. As a Christian and growing up in the church, I knew that I should pray and read my Bible, go to church, and worship God. But and I was doing that, but I at the same time I was going through the motions of what I thought would fix my problem. But I still didn't feel like I was fixing my problem, so I just kept asking God, like, "How do I do this? How do I make it through? How do I get this burden lifted off of my heart?"
0: So Heather, let's let's unpack. Um Jacksons situation because I think what I'd like what I'd like to do if it's okay is to walk through sort of the the, the key components of, of, of how God brought you through this and then and then how that you you use that to put together the message this weekend and but let's let's um, circle back on and unpack Jackson's situation a little bit more. And I know it's a long, long story, but you, you did a good job of summarizing that uh, Jackson's condition was um, we didn't know how sick Jackson really, really was, honestly, until afterwards um, I was sitting down with a doctor a friend of mine and and we were going over statistics. And actually it was a physician's conference and I was there and, and she was across the table. And um, the, at the physician's conference, they brought up Jackson's condition Right. And you know, on the screen and, and it was it was a, they we're covering a thousand other things that day. But when they brought up Jackson's condition, my ears perked up like, whoa, wait, that's what Jackson had. And I saw it on the screen and they gave the pediatric mortality numbers for that condition. And so basically what we did not know in that season is that Jackson had a 50 percent chance of not making it out of the hospital. And um, boy, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad we didn't know. Wish right. we did, but, but in that moment, I, I looked over at my, my doctor friend and my eyes were big and, and I was like, wait, that's the same? And she said, yes, that is why I was so concerned. And I'm like, well, why didn't you tell me? And So yeah, that was, that was quite, a, quite a season and, and, and a great testimony. Heather will share more.
1: Well, I think, Jamie, like I said yesterday, one of the things that um, burdened me so great during that time is because I knew the power of God. I had seen miracles happen. I'd seen people healed. But I'd also seen the flip side of that. Like I'd seen sometimes there is a sickness unto death. Sometimes parents do lose their children. And that's the battle that was going on in my mind is, yes, I know that God could speak the words and could heal him. But at the same time, what if it's not his will to heal him what if he has different plans than what i that what i thought were my plans so that's where that that battle of my mind came in and um really struggled to to comprehend like god what are you doing right now and then I, at the same time like i felt like Jackson was a good, strong Christian. He was doing the right things. He was ministering in his school. He's ministering in the churches. So I had a hard time not to question God, why is this having to happen right now? Um, And I think we can skip on down to, you know, like I said, this was a month battle. And then we finally went to the hospital because we knew, well, we made many trips to the hospital, but the final trip to the hospital, we knew that he needed some IV antibiotics. And so he goes and he spends a week in the hospital and every day we're looking for that hope of tomorrow. We're like, okay, tomorrow he's going to get out of the hospital. And they would come in the next morning and they'd say, no, we need to keep him another day, maybe the next day. And so we lived in kind of that hope until finally the the seventh day in the hospital, we get a phone call and Jamie's gone to church. This lands on a Sunday. He leaves for church and his mom calls us and says, you all need to pray now because his baby cousin was being rushed to UK hospital. And everybody on this podcast may not know how big UK hospital is, but here in Kentucky, it's one of our biggest hospitals that we have. It has a huge children's um, department and they separate all of the cases by severity. And so we begin to pray whenever baby Ollie was on his way up to the hospital And it just so happened whenever everything got settled and this child was in severe condition, they didn't know what was going on. They're looking at blood transfusions. He's almost unresponsive. And he gets up at the hospital, goes through the ER, and lands two doors down from us, two doors down from where Jackson was at. And we were able to get up. Jackson was able to get up at that time and go over and so so per-
0: pause just for a second. Out of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of beds in that hospital, right? He ends up two beds down.
1: Two beds down, same hallway. So Jackson was able to uh, unhook the the machine from the machine that he was so, on. So
0: he carried his chest tube. So Jackson had a chest tube, and he he carried the chest tube um, box, the container where the fluids were. Were draining from his lungs into the box so he carried his go ahead
1: right and he carried that over there and he was able to pray for Ollie and and just to stress how sick this child was he was like I said he was almost unresponsive and they were gonna have to do a blood transfusion but after um, Jackson went over and he prayed for him and we got the news four hours later that that baby Ollie was gonna get to go home he was uh, heading home with his uh, with his dad, and doing so much better today. You would never know that he had any issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next day, Jackson gets to go home. Mm. So one of the things that I called out yesterday, whenever I was speaking, is sometimes we might not understand why we're going through the things that we're going through, and it's not always just to increase our faith, but sometimes it's to show the glory that God has through you to others to increase or give them faith. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't have faith at all. Mm-hmm. And it's it's for them. So not all of our circumstances right. are for us. Right.
0: Right. Powerful. And and that situation, um we would have loved to have gone home on day two, day three, day four, but God said no, because God had a better God had a better yes in that in that situation um and so it's it's a, it's a testament to the sovereignty and the 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 power of God to look ahead and know what's best and that that's faith that we have to have as believers to to trust him regardless of the outcome regardless of the circumstance to know that God is truly truly in control and he has a plan and for us to trust the process, that is not an easy thing to do.
1: Right. And then I'll even say this. Whenever we started the podcast, I started talking about the heaviness that I had on my heart. And I wish that I could say that that went away when Jackson got released from the hospital. Right. But that wasn't the case. And I think a friend of mine summed it up really well, and I had never thought about it this way. Um, she had dealt with some sickness. Her husband had, had been severely sick. And she made the comment that during that sickness, she lived in the hope of the next day. She lived in the hope of his healing. And that's where I was at, I was living in the hope of the next day. But then when the sickness was gone or the miracle was fulfilled, then she began to live in fear. Mm-hmm. And that's where I went whenever Jackson got released from the hospital. Right. Because then at that time I was no longer really worried about the previous sickness, but I was like, Looking at all the what ifs, not only for Jackson but also for Jaylee, mm-hmm. and I just allowed fear to creep in and cause this heaviness in my heart. And then it was, it was not just sickness or worry; it was everything else that was going on. You know, you worry about your family, you worry about your friends in the ministry, you worry about your church family. Um, work had, had some stuff going on that just really had me weighed down. And I was to the point where I was broken and I was saying, God, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know what steps to date. I felt like I was taking all the right steps, mm-hmm. but I still had this burden, still this heaviness. And one morning I was, um, I was getting ready for work and I was telling God all of this. I was pouring him out, and I heard him whisper to me, worship me. And I questioned that because I was like, God, I do. I worship you. You know, I go to church. I raise my hands. I do that. And it was just like it kept repeating, worship me. And so I did just that. I turned on some music, and I just began to worship him and praise him. I didn't ask him for anything. I just praised him and worshiped him for his goodness for what he has done from where he had brought me through and it was in that moment that i realized those past several months that i'd felt that heaviness mm-hmm. i'd felt that burden i had replaced my worship mm-hmm. the time that i spent of the morning worshiping god mm-hmm. with worry and trying to figure it out on my own right. because you know you know jamie better than anybody that i like to fix things i want to be in control <laughs> of all situations and i want it fixed if there's a problem i want to fix it right. And that's where I was at. I had taken away from God that time and replaced it with my own selfishness Mm. and trying to fix my own problems and replaced my worship with my worry. And I think that that's what we we do a lot of times is we get fixated on the problem. And I know you and I talked about um, Peter whenever he began to walk on the water when Christ bid him to come to him and... He was walking on the water, but then whenever the storm raged, Mm -hmm. he began to sink because he began to look around. He began to look at his circumstance. He began to observe the storm. And I think that's what we do a lot of times in life. We begin to look at our circumstance and allow that to overtake us. And then that's when our, the heaviness sits in on our mm. heart because we're observing the storm and we're losing our focus. We're, we're taking our focus off of Christ. Mm.
0: So in that moment, the storm becomes the object of our worship and adoration. So we're focused on the storm more than we are the Savior, the standing in front of us with his arms wide open. But how easy is it? Because we're human. We, we're people. We are human. That's where the Holy Spirit it quickens us, and and you you gave that example of how that morning you woke up a normal morning, and you was worrying just like every other worrying morning, and you was not self aware of that 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 drift right that happened. It's not something that we're just like you wake up one morning and it's like yeah I think I'm going to drift today away from the routine of wor- worship, and I think I'm going to worry instead of worship. Now, that's not what you did. You 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 drifted. And you wasn't really self-aware of that drift, but then the Holy Spirit quickens you. Right? It, it 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 it's almost like he puts a mirror in front of your face to say, Hey, time out. I love you. I'm gonna nudge you. I'm gonna nudge you the right direction here. So, you know, thankful for your openness to listen and to be aware of like, oh, oh, that's not just me thinking. This is the Holy Spirit nudging me towards worship. And then you being self-aware to, to own it and to not just gloss over it and paint over it with some sort of, you know, um, a covering to, to pretend like things are okay. You owned it and said, yeah, I think I've drifted a little bit here. But That's the transparency of a believer that we, when, we, when the Holy Spirit calls us out, even though nobody knows, right, we own our own folly and drift in that moment. And you did that
1: right and i'll call out you said because nobody knows and i think that's a lot of times what we do as as christians or especially as women or pastor's wives we go on throughout our day and we put the smile on our face we do all the things that we're supposed to do we go through the motions and not all the time does anybody know or realize that we're really going through this battle or this storm Mm -hmm. um and then i want To mention this too, one of the things yesterday, another lady got up and spoke, and she was teaching on hitting rock bottom, and I think that that's what caused me to be allowed, uh, be able to recognize where I was in my circumstance, is because I really felt like I had hit rock bottom to the point where I didn't know what else to do. Right. I, there was nothing else I could do in my own. And I could go on and on with other circumstances that that same thing happened where God had to bring me to rock bottom to where I realized it was out of my control. Again, because I like to be in control of things and I like to fix my situations. So it's those times that I have to be willing to throw up my hands and say, right. God, I, there's mm-hmm. nothing else in my power that I can do. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a, probably my own downfall is because I do try to fix mm-hmm. everything and be in control of all situations. So that's what God has to do to me is he has to bring me to the realization that I can't mm-hmm. fix it on my own. Mm-hmm. But that's also the same time that we can see his power and his glory and how much he is in control at the highest level.
0: Mm-hmm. His sovereignty, His His his... Lordship and love uh, towards us, and you know, just and I don't, I don't I don't want to belabor that too much, but I think that there's still some unpacking to do there because you could have because nobody knew you're going through this, right? I, from the outside looking in, you're 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 put together, you're 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 going about your business, you you carry yourself with with uh, confidence and purpose, and and you're not looking like you're in the mully grubs, right? You, you, you put yourself together, you get up, you, you get ready, and you go. And, and so you could have easily um, pressed on through that, and and kind of tamped down the ownership and self-awareness that the Holy Spirit tried to bring, and the drift would have continued, and the, it may have been unrecognizable to the naked eye from folks from the outside looking in. And so I think that's just, that's just another, another um, an, an example of how as believers we are to be intimate with God in a way that he can call us out through the Holy Spirit and his word and us not have to have an outside person come to us because there's things, there's things that we need to address internally and, and be transparent and honest with ourselves and with God. To to say, hey God, help me fix this because I can't. It's it's a moment of surrender when you have to give up your own ability and ask God to come in where you can't.
1: Right, and that I think that's so important too because that increases our faith. And if we never had these trials or we never had any battles, like what would we know? We would never know the difference between a battle or a blessing. Because we would all be always be living in the blessing, mm-hmm. and then I, I, I presented the question to the ladies yesterday is like, if we never had any battles or if we never went it through anything, would we worship god?
0: Mm. What perspective would we have of God's sovereignty and his goodness if we hadn't suffered and gone through things exactly mm. so you covered that that battles and blessings um, devotion you read a devotion from. Um, Who was it? Rick Warren.
1: It was Pastor Rick Warren. He wrote a devotion about battles and blessings. And he said in that devotion that he used to think that like there was times in our life that we lived in battles and it seemed like that they were never going to end. And then there's times in our lives that we live in blessings. Mm -hmm. And of course we never want that to end. But then at the time that he wrote the devotion, he said that now he believes that it's kind of two track like there's battles and then there's blessings right. because at the same time that he wrote the perfect purpose driven life um and it was number one bestseller on the on the christian charts his wife had cancer so like on those same times he was living in the greatest blessing of his life but he was still going through the worst trial of his life um so he was you know just saying that there's battles that we're going to have to go through and in- and face, but then mm. there's also blessings mm. and it's kind of a balance of the, of the two as we go through the right. Christian walk.
0: So that's a good call out because we live in, in a black and white binary world where we, we think binary, I'm either happy or I'm sad. I'm either good or I'm, you know, it's either good or it's bad. It's either battle or it's a bless or it's a blessing, right? It's a battle or it's a blessing. Well, I think where you're going, where you're going as you read this devotion from um, Rick Warren, is that, no, I can be in a battle and still be in a blessing at the same time.
1: I think that it's very important that no matter what the battle is, that and we'll circle it right back around to our worship, and that's what I wanted to get across yesterday, is because no matter how great the storm or battle or trial is, we still need to worship god and let that be put god back up on the throne of our life and realize that he's in control of all situations and no matter whether he moves the way that we want him to or would expect him to or whether he don't he's in control and he's still worthy of our praise and our worship and even if it the circumstance doesn't work out like we think that it should he's working it for our good and he, we have to learn to trust Him in all things, no matter how hard it is.
0: So you're saying that there's times that I can pray and do all the right things and still not get my way.
1: <laughs> how many times are we thankful for unanswered prayers? Yep. Mm-hmm. The things that I prayed for, if God always worked them the way that I mm-hmm. wanted Him to in the mm-hmm. moment, mm-hmm. I would be in a lot of trouble today. Oh, yeah,
0: Absolutely. Thank God for, there's a good song written about that. You guys should look it up. Thank God for unanswered prayers. Who was it?
1: Garth Brooks, Garth I think. Garth Brooks.
0: <laughs> Check out Garth. He's got something for you. No, it's so true though, because we we think we know our, what's best for us. And sometimes we pray for people to be healed and they're not healed. We pray for for a better job and we don't get a better job and then we feel like that God has forsaken us. And then the enemy of our of our soul, right, the devil, and he comes to tempt us in those moments of of unanswered prayers that see God doesn't love you. God is not listening to you. God is not real. He and and, and he's sowing those seeds of doubt in those moments where where but I think that we as Christian leaders and I'm talking about ourselves as pastors, It the due diligence is upon us to teach those around us, our children, our disciples, our churches, that, hey, it's not all sunshine and roses. There are going to be days, there's going to be days where you don't get what you really, really think you need. And there's going to be moments of tragedy, potentially, in your life and that you're going to, you're going you're going to want and feel like God should move in this moment, but he doesn't and that doesn't mean God doesn't love you or God's not real that means that God is sovereign He is holy and He is just and we may there's a, there's an old song that says we'll understand it better by and by I'm talking about that when we get to heaven everything will make sense maybe it will maybe I'll understand why God said no when I get to heaven or maybe i won't but you're in heaven it's irrelevant at that moment. So so maybe we'll understand it better by and by. Maybe we won't. Why don't we just have faith in God and go day by day and say, "Lord, I'm having trouble. I'm having trouble with my faith today. I need your help." And then God just sustains us day by day.
1: Right. And I think a good call out is the sermon that you preached last week is a lot of the things that we pray for and we let burden us down is they're nothing in comparison to eternity.
0: Mm. Absolutely. Your greatest trial, your greatest mess isn't, isn't even compared. I think it was Paul said. Yes, it was Paul. He said, I reckon that the sufferings at the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which, glory which shall be revealed to us in Christ Jesus. The current sufferings are not worthy to be compared. So, Heather, you, you referenced, and, and, and we're getting close to the end of the podcast here, uh, but I don't want to cut you short. I want to be sure that you, 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 you cover, um, because it was so good. Your message was so good yesterday. You referenced a, an event in the Gospels where Jesus was um, uh, taking the disciples on a bit of a journey. Can you, can you break that down for us?
1: so i read out of matthew 14 and i talked about whenever that christ told the disciples to go get into the ship and to go to the other side of the sea and while he went up to pray and while the disciples were out on the ship um, there came a storm and the winds and waves were about to blow the ship over and christ came and walking out on the water and Peter said, they said, is it, it's a ghost? And then they said, no. And Christ said that it be not afraid. It is I. And um, Peter still doubted. He was still afraid. And he said, well, if it is you bid me to come unto you. And he said, and Christ said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and he started walking on the water. And, but then he began to look around and observe the winds and the waves. And he began to sink. And then he said lord save me and christ reached down and he saved him but the call out that i had is just the scripture before the disciples had witnessed christ feed the multitudes Mm -hmm. he had taken um, two fish and five loaves of bread and fed five thousand people and they had witnessed the miracles of god over and over and over again yet whenever they got got out on this boat and the storms raged they the scripture said they still had doubt they still had fear and anxiety and so what I the point I wanted to bring across was we've witnessed the miracles of God we've seen his wonders but yet we still allow in the next moment or the next <clears throat> battle that we face we still allow that fear and that doubt and anxiety to build up in our hearts um and so it's not, we're not alone in how we felt because the disciples who walked with Christ, they also felt that way. Right. They also had the struggles that we have today, mm-hmm. but we still have to learn to trust him. Mm-hmm. We still have to look, uh, keep our focus on Christ mm-hmm. and trust that he's got all things in control and worship him despite the circumstances around us and understand that our worship is not going to change our circumstance. Just because you worship God might not mean that your storm goes away. Right. Just because you worship God might not mean that you get the healing that you've been seeking after. But your worship may not change your circumstance, but it will change you in your circumstance.
0: Mm. Mm. Wow. So in this, in this scenario, Peter says, if it be you, bid me to come out on the water. What are, what are, I mean, that was a statement of faith. He started out that first step was a step of faith, right? And as he walked toward Jesus, he was his eyes were focused on the master and Jesus was stand, just sitting out there waiting on him. I don't know what he was what he was doing necessarily, but he was waiting on Peter to walk to him. So as Peter began to walk, he began to focus on the wind and the waves and and all the things around him and then he began to sink. He cried out to Jesus and he said, "Save me." So Jesus reached down. He pulled him back up. But to your point, what you just said um, really spoke, I mean, it, resoundingly, it, it's really it's really powerful because um, when Jesus, even when Jesus picked Peter up and, and was standing back on the water, now Peter's walking on the water again. He's walking on the water. He looks at the waves. He sinks. Jesus saves him. He's back up again, and he's walking on the water again with Jesus, hand in hand. But one, one consistent thing. Peter changed three times in that thing, in that story. Jesus never changed, right. right? And the storm never changed. Right. The storm was still going on. The waves were still boisterous. The wind was still you know howling, and the rain was still pouring down. The thunder was still rolling. The lightning was still crashing. Nothing changed. But his, his posture in the storm changed because of his faith in Jesus and, that, and, and his directional focus towards Jesus. And so what that tells me is as a believer, I don't have to wait for the storm to pass away. for the condition around me to change in order to worship. But if I worship him amidst that situation, the situation, it doesn't mean it'll go away, but my posture in that situation can change. So he stood on that water, could you imagine his chest just sticking out like in, in courage and, and, and just excitement as he was standing there on the water? His posture changed in that moment from a posture of helplessness to a posture of confidence and faith and strength, knowing that this storm is terrible, but it can't touch me. Wow. And that, that changes everything in the way that we we walk. It changed the way Peter walked. He Absolutely. didn't he didn't walk with his head down. He didn't walk freaking out. He walked in faith and confidence. His posture changed. So Heather this is uh, this is powerful stuff. We could probably spend another 45 minutes cuz you've got some a lot of other content that you didn't <laughs> unpack. Uh, but but we want to bring you on again and 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 and, and dig in more but appreciate uh thanks for filling in for anthony today he's uh we we missed you buddy but but heather sure did a fine job so uh but thanks for joining heather and guys out there we love you thanks for tuning in please share the podcast get the word out and uh, drop us a note thanks so much bye thanks for tuning in to the cultivate network podcast until next time keep cultivating